Welcome back to the Ludinus Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I am Aaron Thayer, and joining me is my compadre, Nick Cummings. Hey there. So we are going to talk about, on this episode, uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, otherwise known as E3. Do, do they still call it anywhere by the full name, or is it just E3 now, the last decade? I'm, I'm, the website still calls it that. No one... Nobody. No. Yeah, and I heard about uh, on NPR, they were even referencing E3 and VR technology, so we've really arrived as yeah. far as our conferences. I think it's in the same area as like CES is at this point, where they don't bother to spell it out every time they say it. <laughs> People usually know what E3 is at this point. Yeah, it's big enough. Yeah. So along with E3 and what we expect from a giant gaming conference each year, uh, a lot of games unveiled, a lot of demos, lots of trailers, lots of hype, all of the wonderful stuff that makes us keep playing games, even if it's begrudgingly. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about what we liked, what maybe we're kind of hesitant about, where we think the industry is right now after seeing this whole conference come uh, this year and what maybe trends are going on. I, just basically, though, I want to rattle off what I've seen, and then I kind of am curious to turn it over to Nick and see what did he view, what did he like, what interested him. So um, as far as stuff I can think about that jazzed me up, I was on vacation, so I couldn't really watch these conferences. I was at work, so I just yeah. sort of... Adult stuff, yeah. basically. We're really exciting to be around. Yeah. So we couldn't watch the full conferences like we were when we were 13, and IGN was doing the live stream. Um, or when we can sneak into a conference room at our previous jobs and watch all the, the live streams like That's I did. true. That was so without shameful. that benefit and without that sort of level of uh, awesome capability, caught bits and pieces, and I did watch the full Nintendo conference. Um, and then going back, as I missed Sony and Microsoft, EA and Ubisoft, those were the, and Bethesda, those were the big ones, right? Yeah, there was a PC gaming event, but I heard that was a disaster. Yeah, I heard that kind of crashed and burned. Yeah. So, which is kind of funny, because the PC Master Race comments always happen about everybody being a PC gamer, and they're so great that their conference sucked. So, that was funny. Um, Uncharted 4, uh, Battlefront, the reboot for Star Wars Battlefront from EA, uh, the new Mirror's Edge, that's kind Mm -hmm. of a reboot, Um, saw the new Star Fox, Mm -hmm. um... A lot of Fallout 4 stuff, which I'm excited for because they showed more gameplay. So, uh, Last Guardian, Mm -hmm. that finally is real again. It exists. I mean, someone played something. Someone played something. And that's all I can really remember about E3. So, just to start with my summation of what I saw, didn't really... It was E3. You know, there are a lot of sequels. I wasn't impressed. (laughs) And that's the end of this podcast. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, I also think everything sucks. We'll see you next time. All right. Uh, great. So, Nick, tell us what sucked and why. I mean, where to start? No, yeah. come on. It was... Yeah. Well, how'd you feel? What What was? What did you walk away from the um, your viewings, your uh, feelings? What are they on these presentations this year? They were, you know, they were presentations. I think it's more helpful to take a step back, though, and look at the past couple of years and Thank what you, happens. That that. Yeah, my approach was just very blunt. So yeah, you're just getting in there with your your hot takes on all these games of the day, and I just... <laughs> crap, crap, love it, crap. Yeah, yeah, just go for like the critic. Approach I'm thinking to of the scene in the first Batman movie when the Joker has the uh, portfolio piece. Remember, <laughs> he's he's looking through it, the models. Yep, crap. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, keep that up. Um, I would just 
I've been really burned on E3 the last few years, mostly because as the PR and marketing people have tried to elevate to such this like fever pitch of just information and figures and statistics and like over the top presentations that all kind of amount to basically nothing really interesting. I kind of missed the spark of the old E3 where big stuff got announced. It was kind of exciting to see that happen and to see like really like the fever pitch of, of, of like really intense competition between these big companies that used to kind of define the past generations. Like it was, it was kind of a pissing match, but it was like a, a fun one. Because it sounds like you're talking that there's more sizzle now than there is anything of actual substance in the presentation. I mean, it's that not, one? that's not even really, really what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, it's more just that like the marketing spin is on fire right now. And like mm-hmm. the way the events are conducted, the way that like the PR cycle spins up in advance of an enduring E3 and like how they fly people out for critics week, you know, which is like this mm-hmm. several weeks beforehand uh, scenario where all these game critics come out and like play stuff before it gets announced at E3 inevitably to kind of like get their hands on time. So they're not scrambling at the show floor for all this stuff. So that's and the thing that happens. Give enough time to their precious demos and yeah 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 so it's just i don't know when you look back two years ago microsoft is talking all about it's like tv interconnectivity with the xbox one which had yet to launch uh so they were big on that second hdmi port they were big on the tie-ins with like uh, remedies new game slash tv show quantum break quantum break yeah i almost said quantum leap which would have actually been fantastic <laughs> I, would, I, would I would play a okay. quantum telltale break does quantum leap, quantum leap episodic yeah. series yeah yeah <laughs> It's like that and Knight Rider. Scott just... Bakula is available. I just know this. <laughs> yeah. His agents will get a hold of you. Yeah. So uh, I felt like, the okay, the consoles are all out. They've been around for a few years. They've had time to establish themselves in terms of, like, getting a market foot, market foothold and also, like... We've got millions of consoles sold now. We were a couple of years in. Yeah, and there's an identity out there. The brand has been established in people's minds of what a PS4 is, what an Xbox One is. If anyone's heard of a Wii U, they know what it is. <laughs> so... It's like, okay, it's do or die time, right? And that's kind of how I approach these conferences this year. And um, yeah. So is that more of you're approaching it expecting more big guns now that there has been a foothold? Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting like if there is going to be any sort of like um, defining steps taken by these companies to really like change course in a dramatic way or um, whether that's like from the infrastructure front of like what the console experience is like. We saw a little bit of that with Xbox One announcing backwards compatibility for Xbox 360 games. And really other than that, just a new UI that's coming. That's more Windows 10 looking. Yeah. So nothing drastic. I mean like a text-based prompt would be better than what they have now. So (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I guess I was just kind of hoping to see like some big big movement in that regard and really it's it's just another year of playing it pretty safe and i mean that not in a disparaging way more just like i don't think the install base is quite where it needs to be and with things costing what they do for us to start seeing a lot of like we're not going to see like the next playstation move or connect type misguided idea it does feel like they've backed away entirely from any of those experiments yeah. in, in um, input, in play style, aside from VR. Like, that, that is now the new thing. Yeah. And, and by I, the way, do you think Morpheus, the Sony's Project Morpheus, is ever going to materialize? They didn't show it this year, did they? They said they had it playable well, on the floor. They some games, But they didn't right? show it, really. There were, there were some exclusive games announced, I think. Yeah. Um, and Microsoft had the biggest... Uh, presentation for their vr tech the hololens with well, a minecraft demo yeah technically ar because it's just projecting onto your field of view but yeah but i i don't know microsoft is great at building these things that are 
conceptually amazing that seem like they're impossible to bring to market in a yeah. way that's significant. Like their surface, the original surface yeah. concept, that uh, table that you could touch it was really cool. Uh, put your credit card down and you pay for your meal because it reads your credit card. And then the surface ends up being used as a middling tablet. Yep. Ultra book kind of concept as we all hey, know. Hey, it's the best of both a laptop and a tablet. And in it's yours for only four ninety nine. <laughs> in all fairness, the non RT is actually not that bad. But Yeah. Um you were saying something though, as far as and on the topic of an opportunity for the manufacturers to course correct to do something different. It does feel even just was that last year or two years ago? Um, I think it was last year that Sony had this amazing indie game showcase during their presentation. They yeah. spent all of this time bringing up the developers of indie games, people like uh, the team for Octodad and just anything that was a big indie game or will would be coming out last yeah. year. They had their whole 10, 15 minutes of, of time. There's on a the huge stage. focus on indie stuff. And this year we get, at least saying for Sony, all of them were kind of like this, so not just Sony, but we get an Uncharted 4 demo. Great. We see yeah. a uh, Last Guardian comes back breathing the last gasps of air to try to survive. <laughs> and you know what? I'm still here. As much as I. Message. <laughs> don't forget about me. Uh, I am the Last Guardian, please. Um, that was the game that made me buy a PS3, hoping that foolishly hoping that it was going to come out during the last generation. And now that it's actually back and seems to not be uh, canceled, we've still got through 2016, so let's see what happens. But I just didn't really care. It wasn't a big unveil. So if that was the big element, the Uncharted 4 demo and some exclusives, I guess. Yeah, I, I think I would agree the with what you're saying. Yeah, the, the exclusives weren't as, like impactful as maybe they used to be like when you look at what those were it was like street fighter 5 which we knew and also it was more of just a sad reality of like the japanese games market at this point than anything like i think capcom in a better market in a better state as a company would totally bring that out to everything like they did in the past but i guess some call of duty dlc yeah but that feels like too little too late right like microsoft's had that exclusivity locked down i think since modern warfare 2 the install base is still i'm sure extremely high on the xbox consoles compared to playstation this might tip it a little bit in sony's favor there are those hardcore who are like well shit i need to compete i need to be up to date on this stuff but then those are the people that if they have both consoles they will probably buy that 150 dollars pro microsoft controller because that is targeting that oh yeah for mlg type things and i think the mlg players even kind of focus not officially i don't really know thank god what most mlg players do but I think that they have gravitated toward the Xbox One still as the Call of Duty machine. So I don't I think that so will change much. I mean, I'm sure that there is more shooter playtime on average on the Xbox than on sure. PS4. And that's not going to change. Like with Battlefield being there all the time, with Gears coming back in a big way. Right. So, okay. So some other highlights then. What, what other unveils, um, conference stuff, news that came out that stuck with you that you want to mention or talk about or have feelings on i you know nothing really just from sony or microsoft did a whole lot for me like i'm glad to see that they're taking another stab at gears of war and that it's like it looks like a different set of characters two projects with that right yeah so there's the the remaster of the first one which i guess i have access to a beta of right now but i haven't tried it um it's a public beta. Does it I come think. with a remastered Halo Three multiplayer beta too? Oh god, <laughs> I remember playing a lot of that. Yeah, uh, and then Gears of War Four has been announced, so it's 
more of that good old Gears of War, you know, sticky cover-based shooter action that you know and love. But I don't know. I wonder, like, where that game can really go other than just saying, hey, we made a new one of these for the new system. Like, back when it came out, there really just weren't a whole lot of cover shooters or anything that had really adopted that model of play. And then after Gears of War, I feel like we saw this huge change where anything from, like, Uncharted to... Yeah, it um, set the trend, really. Yeah, it really did. So, I don't know. It's a strange... It's it's almost as strange to me as how much Microsoft still feels like Halo is like this huge deal for them. Yeah. And like internally I'm sure it is, but the still market's sells a lot more millions though, right? Yeah, but the market's so much more diverse. Like Call of Duty overtook it, I want to say Sure. You know, when Halo 3 came out even, that was the same time that Modern Warfare came out and I'm pretty sure that even that year Modern Warfare beat it out completely in sales. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it's, Call of Duty 4 was legendary. Yeah. For sales. So I don't know. Sony and Microsoft are doing what they do. They seem to have really doubled down on this whole like AAA, um, and especially in Sony's case, third-party stuff, where like they both want to have the the biggest presentation for Battlefront, for the new Hitman, for all this stuff. Like all this stuff is still coming multi-platform, which is good for consumers. Um, but much less time spent on like uh, experimental stuff. A good exception to that would be Media Molecules. Um, Mm-hmm. New game, uh, new game or whatever it's called it's not even it's a game but dreams it's did you dreams, see the, right? the, the preview for that at all i saw a snippet of it yeah it looks really just unusual and cool in the same way that like no man's sky looks like unusual and cool maybe not a game also really in the traditional sense because yeah. it's just a you're exploring a near infinite universe and they it does yeah. seem in your original point of this year what did they do what did the big conferences show us and it almost does feel that contrary to the point that you were making of okay so the install base is a little bit bigger but what now can these um these developers and hardware manufacturers do to drive more sales it does feel like they were trying to differentiate themselves and uh, make their platforms unique within the first year of the consoles being out so last year's e3 and even the talk of the year before that yeah, and this year is just playing catch up to kind of reset. Maybe that's what they did. Maybe they were resetting expectations this year to say, "Hey, core gamers, you know, finally all these franchises that you are expecting to be on these new consoles are coming out." Mm-hmm. Twenty sixteen, look out for Gears Four or whatever, and Uncharted Four, Last Guardian's back, and yeah. all this stuff that. And that's out in twenty sixteen theoretically now. Yeah. So. so it seems like it was another. I think that's been the weirdest part of the last couple of, well, really the last year, but the last two years cumulatively of this generation has just been a constant pushing things down the road further, setting up the shot for these big franchises to come back. And it's been another interim year. So 2015 is going to get some stuff, totally. I mean, Fallout was a surprise announcement of coming out actually November 10th of this year after just being unveiled a few weeks before. I want to say I called that. I don't know if I did. I just want to be able to say that. But yeah, you're you excited for that, right? It. Yeah, like, I'm totally. We excited talked about for this that. last time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's there's stuff happening. There's stuff happening this year, which is important. Like the uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider is coming out. That looks like, mm-hmm. um, in terms of that sort of Uncharted Tomb Raider style of, you know, set piece action and you know traversal and combat, it looks pretty cool. I thought the first Tomb Raider had some problems, but I really enjoyed. The majority of it. It, may, it was more interesting than the last several Tomb Raider games before that had been. Yeah. It actually held my interest as a player, and I finished it. And I don't think I'd finished a Tomb Raider game by that point since The two. first one, maybe. Yeah. yeah. For me. So. Yeah, it's very different. 
Yeah, this year, I don't know. I are there so individually speaking, what surprised you? Uh, that rare collection. Really? Yeah. So um, what, what was that? It's it's so rare has been around forever. They've been around since like the arcade days. They made a bunch of NES games all throughout, you know, up to now, and they're releasing a collection of thirty of their games for thirty bucks, and it includes stuff like the original Battletoads, which is not super good, but also like. Here's what matters. It has a game called Blast Core on it. Oh, man. <laughs> which is an N64 classic that is just incredible and underappreciated. And it's finally coming out in a modern console, and that just makes me giddy. Game was brutal. Game was amazing. Like, that dump truck that you just yes. had to, like, skid around corners and smash. So I can't remember with. the setup for that. Do you? Where Was it post, like, a, a nuclear fallout sort of thing? Or no. There, you had to move junk around, I thought, or you were... So there was a semi-truck. And somehow the gas pedal got jammed, and right. no one was in it, and it was carrying nuclear warheads. And so you had, to ca- you had to destroy everything in its path across the entire United States. That's right. Until it reached the ocean, where it would drive into the ocean and so detonate safely. So it was almost safely. like speed. Except really slow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. And you just basically demolished a line through the United States. It's just a great premise for a game. It had a great, yeah, yeah. gameplay hook that just... Gave you the excuse to go destroy stuff in your little um, um, Tonka truck style. Yeah, or like <laughs> the demolition derby. the jet, like the robot you can get into with like the oh my god, yeah. stomping ability and all that. Yeah, it was a silly game. I had that cartridge up until a few weeks ago. Oh man, but we could have uh, struck a deal. But yeah. yeah, so that yeah, that's a pretty big thing considering Rare really hasn't been heard of because they've been slaving away on the Connect Adventures games for the last few years wasn't it sports that they made uh and connect sports connect sports adventures oh, okay. whatever iterations of that them, but yeah there were several and then when the xbox one came out and their avatar work that i yeah. mean realistically after nuts and bolts banjo kazooie they've just been kind of in the dark yeah but then they actually announced a new game mm-hmm. uh, sea of thieves did you see that i didn't that was one that i missed but i heard a lot of buzz about it of so what what, what was it what is the game it looks like an online pirate multiplayer game where like you you're a pirate and there are other pirates and you can be on a pirate ship together and you can fight other pirates on other pirate ships and mm-hmm. kind of like it looked like Assassin's Creed 4 in multiplayer with a focus on ship combat and like finding like loot and collecting it and is it a rare cartoon style or is it more realistic it's a little more realistic than what you normally see from them, but it has that same kind of tone and humor and kind of a little Bright bit of colors. exaggeration and stuff. Mm-hmm. Characters look a little lanky. It's a little expressive. I think it looks really promising. Just from that, thinking about that company's pedigree and seeing that game in action from what they showed in the trailer, like it seems like a good thing for Rare to be making a game like that. Yeah, and I mean, you think about the legendary Rare history, and I think they're in a good position to, number one, put out that collection to remind and to play on the nostalgia of people that grew up with their games on the Nintendo yeah. systems, mainly stuff like Jet Force Gemini and oh, yeah. Blast Core, Perfect Dark. Yep. Um, of course, the Donkey Kong games aren't on this collection because it's a Nintendo property, but right. Donkey Kong Country, GoldenEye is not on there either because. So when somebody interviewed the Rare developers about that, they said, well, we wanted to have games that were actually like RIP or stuff that we had created that were identified as Rare games and not us yeah. making a game for someone else. So you get the real gems like uh, grabbed by the ghoulies. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Whatever. But at least Star Fox Adventures isn't on there. Yeah. Viva Pinata's in there. 
Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So they've done a lot of great games. And that's in both Banjo-Kazooie. So okay. They've made some really good stuff, even recently. And they deserve to put out a new IP that is them not just making uh, new versions of Kinect sports games for yeah. Microsoft, kind of chained to their desk and being drip-fed each day. I think Kinect just cost that company so much credibility, so much money, and so much just like creativity went out the window on yeah. that thing. Like, Hopefully HoloLens isn't the same trap for them. I guess it has a bigger potential because VR is hot right now, yeah. or AR, whatever it ends up actually being practically, but it could just be another way to divert actual... I don't know, this sounds like me being a curmudgeon, but as much as we were talking about, so where are the new experiences or where are new um, non-traditional ways of creating games and showing games and making games, Yeah, I kind of also don't want them to just go down another hardware uh, trail like the Morpheus, like HoloLens, and just focus good developers on making more shit that people won't actually number one buy. Because say this HoloLens is a five hundred or a thousand dollars, like the Morpheus might be. Yeah, I don't know. So. Well, I also don't. They've never shown that thing running an Xbox One game. Like, I don't even know if it's actually confirmed to work with it. So yeah, and arguably Minecraft is not a hard intensive game to set up for a demo so if it runs on that great but if you're playing if they're trying to make it halo 7 will be on hololens compatibility yeah good luck yeah like what does it even look like it doesn't make sense so um i don't know i think it's it's cool tech i think it's smart for microsoft to keep that tethered to windows for now if they do um i honestly don't see morpheus succeeding at this point as a viable product that's around for a while or setting even like a standard as a new platform within sony like if anyone's going to do it it's going to be someone with you know i hate to say this but like better tech experience like um well who i mean a lot of it too for this is going to be who's first to market it seems as if oculus is going to be there first maybe well samsung's out this year is what they're saying or i think their gear vr may be out already or some version of it but there are competitors trying to beat Oculus to market, but I think Oculus is like the brand that people associate with VR. Their name's on the billboard in a way. Yeah, and I think that they're in good, they're in very capable hands in terms of who they've hired to work there, and like they've got John Carmack working on their, you know, graphics tech. Like that's pretty important. They've had the PC community really rallying behind it and implementing. I think Elite Dangerous or is it? Um, Eve Valkyrie is one too. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of PC games and developers have made oculus supported yeah and you go to like any sort of indie gaming event where you can play oculus stuff or vr stuff it's all oculus yeah no one's doing anything with anything else so it maybe you know with like bigger companies jumping on board with a different brand that would sway it a bit but right now oculus is i think what people want to see succeed mm-hmm. so i guess from this e3 what i'm walking away with is nothing drastically unexpected yeah nothing that was unexpected for me but I am looking forward to the games that I will be able to play this year, like uh, Fallout 4, of course, Just Cause 3. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm excited for that. Mirror's Edge is next year, correct? Yeah, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, right, is what they're calling it? Yes. So it's not a sequel. It's yeah. not necessarily a reboot. It's a reimagining, they say, whatever that means. Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe Battlefront, the Star Wars dice multiplayer game, just yeah. because I want to have a multiplayer game to play with people. And even though I wasn't the biggest Battlefront fan, I think I said this when we've talked about it in previous podcasts, but um, it looks great, though the demo that they showed was so... It was using the in-engine... It was using the engine inside the game, but it was so scripted that it 
definitely is not going to be that type of experience when you're playing it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know what to think about Battlefront. I never played the old ones. Uh, they always seem like kind of like an also ran to Battlefield, but with a little bit of like Star Wars flair. Yeah. I love Star Wars. Like, it, it gets me right in the 10 year old feels of like, oh my God, these freaking movies are just amazing yeah. as a kid, and I still care about them a lot, but. Um, I don't know. I, I just it's harder and harder for me to commit to a multiplayer shooter. Like the last time I really went all in on something was Titanfall, and I loved it, but yeah. it just didn't stick around. What about speaking of multiplayer? So, were there any type of co-op or multiplayer experiences you saw during E3 that you might be interested in trying? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, I know I've been kind of railing against uh, sequels and reboots and stuff, which is probably just me being more of a curmudgeon than actually being open to reinterpretations of good stuff but uh i'm really really psyched for yoshi's woolly world <laughs> yeah like I, it's just a another yoshi game from nintendo that looks as about as kid friendly as can be but it just looks charming as hell and, super adorable yeah and just the thought of being able to play that two player and like do that you know however you want to it's just it sounds really fun yeah the yoshi games i mean of course it's nintendo but yoshi mm-hmm. has had great platforming um, yeah memorable levels and level designs so the yarn gimmick is probably not going to really make much of a difference other than it's Yoshi is yarn and he's cute when he changes forms. Yeah. And the amiibo. Uh, yeah. I buy that. <laughs> so if, if you if nobody has seen this, um, when you use an amiibo on your Wii U gamepad, say a Mario one, um, it will then change how Yoshi looks and make it, he'll still be a Yoshi body but then have a mario mustache on his nose and yeah different mario colored yarns you yeah. can do like a samus colored yoshi and yeah. All, yeah it just looks good and dumb and fun like an amazingly dumb but su- probably successful gimmick to keep driving those stupid amiibo singles. you know cred to nintendo though like every game makes different use of those things it doesn't feel like you're just getting the same sort of like unlock a bonus skin with this amiibo yeah. thing it's like and the, the Skylanders uh, team up, that's actually kind of huge it's, it's for that surprising. world of toys. Yeah. Uh, They're, they have these, like, so Skylanders is this um, series of games where they would. They pioneered that sort of toys to life category. Yeah, that's what it's called, I guess, toys to life. But it was this little dock, and they sold you these little toys that you could then import into the game, basically, by setting them on the, the dock. And now they're releasing a new line of Skylanders that are both amiibos and skylanders and you can like change which one they function as yeah you s- turn the base to change whatever the nfc chip is doing for yeah. the platform or the game it's probably pretty simple tech but it's still cool to see nintendo like going out on a limb with another company like that was something that's pretty yeah using their characters yeah donkey kong and i think bowser, bowser. Too. they're good fits for that game i think yeah so and it's huge it's a billion dollar thing uh skylanders is doing amazing money and for whatever reason was a surprisingly smart use of the Spyro franchise originally. Spyro would have just died on the vine, honestly. <laughs> so that's Spyro it. now. It's morphed into this behemoth. And then, of How course, is Disney that? Infinity was the Me Too version. Disney's team-up. Now, you know, they're doing a Star Wars set this year since, of course, Disney owns Star Wars, and then uh, Nintendo followed with the Amiibos. But they haven't really done a game that just you now get to play levels with your amiibos kind of like the skylander stuff has so yeah but yeah nintendo um pretty good showing um i'm excited for star fox yeah i i've never been a huge star fox fan like i owned the first two and i thought they were really cool at the time Mm -hmm. but now that i think about it there hasn't been a really good like lightweight fun arcadey shooter like that in a long time no 
and uh, the way they're using the gamepad feels pretty, seems pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, basically, the idea is that like there's like a broader view on your TV, and then the gamepad shows like it's your cockpit aiming view, view on the TV. Yeah, so it's kind of like a best of both worlds thing where you get the more precise aiming, but also like the more holistic sense of where you're at, like mm-hmm. what obstacles are around you, and I don't know. It sounds like a fun premise and like a very like Nintendo way to approach an interesting problem. So yeah, I mean, I've I've always been a fan of Nintendo. I like how they approach design, how they approach keeping franchises fresh. Mm-hmm. I don't see any problems there. Biggest thing for me, though, that was a surprise out of Nintendo this year was the announcement of Mother being released in the U.S. as Earthbound Beginnings, I think? Yes. Yeah. So we're both fans of Earthbound, uh, which was Mother 2 in Japan, but the Super Nintendo RPG set in like a, a Japanese lens perspective of like America. Yeah, just absurd. Well, they called it Eagle Land, but, you mm-hmm. know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is a game that fans have translated time and time again. ROMs are all over the internet. And Nintendo's like, here is an in-house translation of this game that we're going to release on Virtual Console today. So go play it. Yeah, the original... So Earthbound that came out in the U.S. in 95 was the second game, I believe. Right. And so the fir- the original was on the NES or Famicom in japan right never has been in the u.s never has been available officially so yeah having them just drop that little morsel during the conference and actually give earthbound and mother fans a bone is is great and yeah that series you know they made mother 3 which again has not been released in the u.s on game boy advance and there has been the fan translation which is great i played some of that years ago and never finished so i don't know with Nintendo doing a lot of experimentation with DLC, branching out with Amiibos, yeah. talking about going into mobile game development, um, even doing the little, hey, we remember that you exist with the Earthbound stuff and Mother stuff, that yeah. it gives me hope they're kind of realizing that they don't, they can't just keep continuing to uh, run on the fumes that they have of nostalgia and they actually have to court their, their fans yeah. uh, actively and they have to give them what they want and not just you know we're nintendo we can release whatever we want and we'll print gold which is kind of accurate still but the wii u i think really has been a sore spot for them so they're gonna try harder i hope but i think so i mean it's 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 all baby steps for them but at the same time their conservatism has paid off in the long run for them time and time again so there's a reason why they're very staunchly in their own category, why they don't do traditional press conferences and instead released a pre-recorded video. I think know? that's been genius. The, they've been doing it for a few years now. Yeah. And just you reduce all the awkwardness, you reduce all of the, well, not all the memes, but it just, press conferences I think are so archaic and such a, uh, for game developers and hardware makers, it's just this kind of testosterone-fueled, usually, hype bro, you know, shake up your Mountain Dew can and yeah. unleash it on stage because we're so goddamn awesome. Yeah, this, like, awkward mix of, like, machismo and, canned like... Canned responses and yeah. fake bullshit yeah. conversations. Like, wow, that's really cool! Thanks, Sam! Yeah, just, <laughs> it's yeah. not actual gaming, and it's... I don't know who it's courting, so I'm glad Nintendo does something different. I think everyone's starting to step away from that a bit, although maybe not the PC gaming event that we both skipped but yeah but then again bethesda had their own conferences yeah so surprising that is unusual i think bethesda is really trying to establish itself in the minds of engaged consumers and game players as like Mm -hmm. we're we're on the the tier of like a ubisoft or an ea and you should start thinking of us this way they have bought up a lot of franchises over the years and to be fair most of that conference was fallout 4 so i was on board so 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then they showed Doom, you know? Oh, yeah, and... Um, but and I don't really know if I want that. Dishonored 2? Yeah. I, turns out I wanted Dishonored 2. I did not see that coming, but... Yeah. I don't know. I think that game had some promise to go some interesting places, and it felt like... In a weird way, it felt like a really kind of old-school, like late 90s early 2000s shooter back in the days when like no one lives forever and deus ex were a thing i like i feel like dishonored had had that feel somehow still in, in this modern time so it played homage to thief yeah and yeah. it but it did way better than the actual thief reboot that was released last year yeah that was sad um uh, sorry again that you bought that <laughs> i yep i am never going to finish it i just can admit that that's okay it's garbage yeah. Well, it's not garbage. It just doesn't need to exist. So, anything to kind of bring it back full circle. Yeah. Are there any uh, dangling threads related to E3 that you want to want to pick up on stuff that maybe disappointed you, surprised you, or are you looking forward to for next year now that was announced? I mean, I'm ready for a detox, but um, I'm excited to see what happens next year. Like it's. It's fun for me to look at like historically on what the the theme or the trend of the industry is for all these companies year over year because like they end up being aligned in some very strange almost like you know serendipitous ways but they also like are years where they break off completely and like Microsoft mm-hmm. goes all TV and Sony's all like we have no idea what we're doing but here's this cheaper console <laughs> so you know it's it's always fun to watch that I think I'll be excited to see what happens next year I think that. Just as the last console generation lasted longer, I think this one's going to last easily just as long. You think so? I do. I I don't know. I don't have any actual, of course, um, even anecdotes to say why I think it won't, but even this, this initial conversation about Nintendo doing another console or whatever it ends up being, the NX, mm-hmm. um, I get the feeling that... I don't know. I don't think it's going to last this long for whatever reason. They mm. just they've taken this long to actually start putting out new iterations of franchises to reboot things. So maybe that that is a sign that they are just going to keep it going longer and the cost of doing a whole new platform are huge and are going to get higher as the years go on and the competition yeah. will be more fierce, but I just I feel like in some way these Microsoft and Sony are thinking I don't know. It's not. It's not enough. So, do they go back to the old method of every five years there's a new console, or do they extend the life like they did the last generation? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I can't say. I, I do not have any idea. Um, a lot's going to change. I think in the next five years in terms of how people play games, even more so than, um, well, maybe not more so than like when the mobile age came in with the iPhone, but like, you know, it's, it's still a weird time for hardware and how people interact with stuff. Mm-hmm. So. But that, staying focused on the show, there's one last thing I wanted to mention. Um, Final Fantasy VII getting a remake. That was announced. Sony got to announce it. Um, there was a lot of stuff like that this year. Shenmue 3, yeah, Last Guardian, and Final Shenmue Fantasy VII. Shenmue 3. Like, apparently there's still a strong <laughs> contingent of people who are just rooting for that thing. And I'm like, no. okay, cool. I, I missed the Dreamcast, so maybe that's why I don't get it. But I guess if you think about it, that's all Sony-related giant anticipated unveilings this year yeah they seem to be giving that back to their fans right yeah but what about final fantasy 7 is it just are you excited for that in a weird way i'm morbidly curious like i i loved 7 when it came out i thought it was great it was also like the third final fantasy game i'd played 
to completion. So I think that was the same for me. Yeah. By that time, like I knew the Super Nintendo ones. I played a bit of the NES. I liked that series a lot. And for me, it was never like that. Was never like the big awakening of like, oh, games can have really cool stories. Like seven for me was more of like, oh, this is what it looks like with CD quality audio. Yeah, the cinematic elements were huge and yeah. completely changed how games were made. Yeah. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how Square Enix tackles that challenge of how do you make this game please everyone who wants this thing. Like they're probably in a worse place than even like the Last Guardian team is of like <laughs> trying to meet expectations. So that'll be just. I'm I'm really excited to like sit there with a bowl of popcorn and watch that thing get released and like reviews start coming in. But yeah, people have been asking for the remake since long before Last Guardian was even a twinkle in anyone's eye. Yeah, and honestly, I'm excited to play it. I think Seven's still one of the better games in that series overall. Had some big problems that we like to overlook, like the fact that the story was nonsense. But um, it also had a really cool scale of Final Fantasy games. It was the least amount of uh, yeah <laughs> i mean if you look at like the kingdom hearts era onward nothing makes sense anymore no. but um yeah i don't know i'm excited for that um and yeah i guess that's pretty much all i need to say oh um one last thing gorilla games who made the Killzone series announced their new ip and it looks really cool I what's forget. the name of it i don't remember it's <laughs> it's some game that looked like prehistoric like cave dwelling humans and then you realize it's actually post-apocalyptic and like now they're like hunting machines with like spears and bows that they craft and yeah the protagonist is i okay that jogs the memory of i still yeah. don't remember the name it looks but super cool an, conceptually yeah and there was an article that had come out just after the unveiling saying that of course uh sony was concerned about the protagonist being a female because they weren't sure if it would focus test well but then they did that focus testing and no one cared. So then the. And so wow. I was like, okay with it. You mean the general public actually is okay with female protagonists in games? Which. my my So my only good point about E3 this year is even if it ends up not actually meaning much because they make shitty female characters, because that is more well within the realm of possibility considering most game developers. Yeah. Regardless of their sex, if they're male or female game developers, I still think that they have a problem of actually making relatable characters yeah. of any gender. So, yeah. um, But that was a cool thing to see, and I don't know if it's a trend. I hope it is, but more of a focus on characters this year being female, being or having the option to play as a woman, and it not seeming to be a big freaking deal, just because yeah. it shouldn't be. So Dishonored 2's uh, protagonist is the uh, princess from the first game that you yeah. saved as Corvo, so you can play as both of them. Yep. Um, Assassin's Creed uh, Syndicate. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled with how they announced her character. They're but twins, right? Yeah, but, you know, at least good on them for having a playable Considering woman Considering the crap they got last year yeah. for saying they couldn't, you know, they weren't able to make the, the modeling. Of I think they had to. They had to prove people other, or, like, eat their own words, I guess. Yeah. But uh, Mirror's Edge coming Mirror's back. Edge. This um, Guerrilla Games. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. Like, and I feel like the industry has finally stopped being afraid of like I don't know gender equity. <laughs> so it only took them thirty years. Yeah, pretty soon they'll even let female game players uh, vote on upcoming features. So I'm I'm, well, I'm cynical, but like I, it just feels like it's been a long time coming to is, see this sort of it stuff. It feels like it's very acerbic to say that, but at the same time, there's it does feel that way, and I can yeah. only imagine what it feels like to be the um, probably. There are a lot of female gamers that feel closeted in the sense of they don't want to admit. There, there of course, have always been, as there's been male gamers since the original home console generation started. Girls, women that are super into it, don't care. They'll wear their t-shirts. They'll buy their 
swag and put the bumper stickers on the car and that's great but it does feel as if it's from my perspective as the white male being targeted in advertising that it's always been still a stigma to be a female gamer or you can't find anything to relate to yeah so you go for games like pokemon or things that are more agnostic because you actually can play the story and enjoy it and not feel like i i don't know what this shit is i don't know who this i don't care about this dude like gears of war oh they're talking about gary oak (laughs) yeah well gary oak gary oak sucks screw that guy yeah so i hope yeah but gary oak probably grew up to become an mra guy but (laughs) uh probably so but that's mincino's rights activist by the way even if it's not it wasn't it wasn't touted as being a big deal and again it shouldn't have to be a big deal in the industry but i'm glad to see that at least some change in in perspective for triple a games at least yeah was put this year as like yeah here here's you can play as a woman or you are a woman it doesn't matter yeah i feel like representation is starting to finally become a little bit more even keeled and that's 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 good like i feel like that's been a big concern uh, just for a lot of people for years and um just anything from like smaller games like tacoma to like mirror's edge company yeah Mm -hmm. like a lot of just like hey you know it doesn't really matter what you know what sex your character is like it's just oh god we're telling a story this game is built in a deliberate way and like you know it makes sense and you'll Mm -hmm. you should go play it i'd rather that be more of a focus than vr but hey yeah you gotta sell hardware yeah i am looking forward to like retro vr games coming out that look like virtual boy games that would be fantastic actually i would only want i don't know i only want nintendo to get into vr again just so they can re-release virtual boy games yeah get some wario (laughs) land or whatever that was or like mario clash yeah (laughs) telero boxer (laughs) oh man well on that stupid note it's probably good to uh yes let's wrap up wrap this up but um yeah aaron good chat thank you I thought it was a great chat. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens with uh, Gamescoms in a few months up out in uh, Germany. Yes, another um, large venue for unveiling or showcasing AAA games, yep. mostly. There's that. There's PAX. Sony's doing its thing again this fall or winter or whatever. We're all booked up. We're constantly stuck in this nightmare PR cycle. So E3 is just the pinnacle of it. It's just... Oh. It's the apex of yeah. the... <laughs> so, but we can catch our breath for now. So, so Nick, yeah. where can our wonderful listeners find you on the internet i play games as ymog w-h-y-m-o-g i like playing games with people you should send me an invitation i will actually if anyone's playing splatoon i'm probably gonna get that in about a week or two you are yeah so i wanted to ask you yeah completely separate from this recording but yeah, since you brought it up i feel like we should have a multiplayer game that we're playing yeah do you think you will enjoy and or possibly commit to splatoon i know we can't have voice chat traditionally through that but it looks super cool i really want to play it i could probably see myself getting into it for the summer like i still play mario kart 8 online pretty regularly yeah so me too and that's a game with no voice chat either but it's really good so okay we'll have to think about that yeah so that's where i'm at i'm also at nick cummings on twitter if you want to talk to the talk in the real world about boring stuff like finances or like i don't know <laughs> we but, both are now homeowners so yeah that's essentially where our lives are at right now which is a congratulatory element but yeah. at the same time shit <laughs> yeah shit like whatever vestiges of like not having to give a shit about the world have just been flung yeah. out the window yeah i could put 250 dollars to rock band 4 but i'm not gonna do that i know you will but... no i'm buying the guitar bundle okay i had to make a decision also i already have a really good drum kit you're an adult i, I love it isn't this great <laughs> the decisions we're making yeah yeah 
decisions at the sacrifice of like enjoyment well if you want to talk about these decisions yeah i'm on twitter yeah where are you there yeah uh gaming networks a-t-h-a-y or a um dash t-h-a-y on psn yep and i really have not been playing much console related so i'm excited this next week as of we're recording this um Batman Arkham Knight will be out on Tuesday, and I'll be playing that on PS4. I know there's no multiplayer, but hey, that's a big AAA game that I'm I'm looking forward to playing and relaxing during the summer. I've just graduated with my master's, bought the house, like I said, and got engaged. So not that this is personal hour, but I need some time for me to actually just sit down and play a game. And And he needs you to send your congratulations in, so... Yeah, thank you. let Let him know how proud you are of him. So I'm excited for that. Otherwise, we're not really playing much other than Witcher 3 on the PC. Oh, yeah. You're, you're doing that. I am. Um, cool. As far as the show, if you're listening to this, you probably know where we're at. But just to remind you, we are at Ludinist on Twitter, yep. um, Facebook.com slash Ludinist. We also are on iTunes uh, and Stitcher for those Android users who don't use iTunes, which I'm sure there are. Or those iOS users who don't. True. It's platform agnostic, yep. which is great. If you're on iOS, you should check out Overcast. We're on that, too. <laughs> yes, thank you for reminding. Yeah. And we are www.ludinist.com, uh, where you will find our latest posts and everything else to catch up on our, our recent episodes. So It's never too late. It is never too late to start. So thank you for listening. Uh, definitely check out our previous episodes. Send us any questions, comments, um, thoughts, recommendations about uh, financial uh, wellness now that we are landowners. Yes, ask us about the benefits of different terms of mortgages. and Yeah, uh, and, you know, I'm really wondering about if you're not married and you and your partner have uh, a property co-owned, how does that work for taxes? So if you know that, please email us at ludinist at gmail.com. Yeah, we can talk about that off the show. Great. (laughs) I have some answers for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week on our next episode. Peace out. Do people still say peace out? We do. Okay. Peace out.